Welcome to 27 Speaks, a weekly podcast with the staff of the Express News Group who share their insights into the latest stories making news on the east end of Long Island. 27 Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. And we are recording. Recording. Hey, Bill. How you doing? Hey, good. Good. What's up in the Riverhead? It is thundering and lightning while we speak, and my dog Cole is hiding in the bathroom. He gets in the bathroom and closes the door oh, he when he gets, when he gets nervous. He doesn't like the thunder, oh. so I will have to go rescue him at some point when the thunder stops and he realizes he's trapped. Does he have a thunder shirt? <laughs> I should get him a thunder shirt. At least a weighted blanket. Yeah, <laughs> I should get a thunder shirt. So that's Bill Sutton on the controls. Hey, Bill. Hey, so I'm Bill Sutton. I'm the managing editor of the Express News Group. Also here is Joe Shaw. How are you, Joe? Um, watching everything get watered really nicely, which is great. Hi, I'm Joe Shaw. I'm the executive editor of the Express News Group. Is it raining where you are right now? It is pouring. Oh, I guess I'm here. Gonna get I think it. you're going to get it. Yeah, you're going to get it in a few minutes. Let's do the timing. Let's see how long it takes to get here. And my name is Annette Hankel, and I'm the arts and living editor of the Express News Group. And also joining us today is Stephen Coates. And uh, Steve is one of our illustrious reporter writers, had been a writer of the year at one point. And uh, funny and warm <laughs> here in Bridgehampton, yeah. where it only rains at night. <laughs> I'm moving. <laughs> Hiya, Steve. Hello, hello. Good to see you. So let's see how long it takes for the rain to get to you, and then I'll know how much longer it is to get. I can hear rumbling. Can you? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Um, So we had some pretty big news come out of the Sag Harbor Village Board this week, and um, there have been question marks. Speaking of rumblings, of what was going to be happening in Sag Harbor with a piece of uh, property, a couple pieces of property that sit in the back of town behind um, the Main Street area. So this is a uh, bridge and Rose Street is the best way to describe it. And, um, and there's this gentleman, Adam Potter, who has been involved in a number of initiatives in the village. And there was always some mystery because the theory was that he had, though they knew that, that he had bought a number of properties back there. And the question was, what might he considered doing with those properties. And this week we got a look at what he might do with those properties. Um, so Steve, do you want to talk about what um, came up at the village board in terms of Adam Potter and um, his vision? I thought I was invited here to talk about strawberries. <laughs> we can do that too. Come up to Mattatuck this weekend. Yeah. It's all strawberries all the time in Mattatuck. Yeah. Oh, cool. yeah. So take two. Um, Yeah, Adam Potter, uh, either alone or with partners, has been acquiring a bunch of individual parcels uh, that are located south of the Sag Harbor Post Office and the old gas ball parking lot and north of the main municipal lot. And this week he unveiled his vision of, of building it's about 100,000 square feet of, of building uh, over three stories, like about thir- roughly 35,000 square foot building on an acre and a half of property. And it will have 
79 affordable apartment units, including 62 one-bedroom units and 17 two-bedrooms. Uh, and then the ground floor will be commercial space. Uh, that's to be determined by who, what people want in that space. Um, there's a courtyard, sort of a lawn area. Um, I mean, it's it's by by commercial. It's it's going to be retail. No, yeah, right? I, I would assume retail. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, I'm thinking there could be some kind of other, you know. Uh, I guess you know, you put an office. It is the office district. I think you could still put some office space mm. down there. Um, yeah, it's in. Um, I think one of the first things that, that that I have to you have to see the pictures of it, you know, to get a sense. And one of the things which, which you can see on on twenty seven east dot com on twenty seven east, correct? Yes. And but one of the things that you know you have to when you when I when I looked at it. Uh, the, the renderings, it looked like a much bigger space than it is. I mean, and there's, there are, there should be some renderings in the slideshow on 27 East of the view looking north from Rose, uh, Rose Street. And it looks, it just looks much bigger than you know it can possibly be. Um, so I think scale and stuff is something that's going to have to be to be considered as this goes on. I mean, it's, it's, it's just at the at the at the starting gate here so it's a long way off questions any of you that's massive though i mean 70 79 affordable apartments and 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 so i mean it was it, it i mean the village board passed legislation allowing three-story affordable um housing buildings right i mean so this is kind of kind of fits in with with that goal it fits like a glove with that goal. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I, I, I mean, there was no secret that that legislation was coming. I mean, if if um, correct, if Mr. Potter saw that coming and and came up with this design, then he's kind of um, playing that that this is going to be, um, you know, this this fits in with with what the village is looking for. And, and, and not for nothing, we talk all the time about the dearth of affordable apartments on, on the East End. 80 units is nothing to sneeze at, right? I should say not, right? I mean, it's, I mean. Yeah. In, in, in a village in Sag Harbor. I mean, that was, the, that was my first reaction too, Steve, is all the conversations about affordable housing and, and Sag Harbor's having them too. I mean, this is what it looks like to have any kind of significant impact. I mean, I, you know, we can argue how much of a significant impact even 70 some units will have, but it's that, that's how you actually do it, do it and, and, and have some kind of an impact, right? Yes, but do it somewhere else. <laughs> that's the problem. This is somebody's backyard, yeah. right? <laughs> um, I got, Again, I mean, I can't really, I can't really get my mind around this yet because I think the boulevard was around eighty units, and I might be, I, I mm. think that includes all the townhouses. I, I um, um, working out of my house, I don't have access to archives like I used to pour through old, old books and stuff, you know. But um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's big, you know, and it's. Uh, I I ju I just think there's a there's a lot of stuff to unpack yet. I mean, um, yeah. 
And you know, for instance, you have you have the planning board. There are a bunch of separate lots. They're going to have to merge lots, and then they're going to have to have a site plan approval. There's the Board of Historic Preservation and Architectural Review, and it um, is going to want to weigh in on the design. I, I can't imagine that this thing is not going to require at least a couple variances. I mean, it's really hard, even though um, it does seem to fit this legislation pretty closely. Um, and then you've got like stuff like um, there's like 30 parking spaces on the property that exist. And that's the parking. Well, you're talking 79 apartments. Wow. So that's alone should be another 79 spaces. Um, and the village has not, has not, has not solved its parking issue. And it's a, it's a, it's, I think it's an important issue. Um, another thing is that uh, um, it has to be connected to the Sag Harbor sewage treatment plant. You can't have an on site septic system, like, you know, one of those D night systems or whatever. It's got to be connected to the, the commercial thing. And it, the, the, the village is applying for grant money from Southampton Town to explore expanding the sewage treatment plant coverage to that area. But they were thinking a lot, you know, this just goes back two, three years when they were talking, you know, a couple dozen hookups, maybe. Another thing, the if you ever are in that part of Sag Harbor uh, at high tide, the streets mm -hmm. wet. Very wet. Because it's this is um this is this is it's on fill and the groundwater is right below. And if you so if if it if it storms and it rains, there's going to be water that's going to go somewhere. And that, you know, so I guess you can conceivably somehow have some kind of holding, you know, dry well. I don't know how, but you could somehow hold it on site. But that's going to be an engineering problem. And then the final element of the water is that the, 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 because the groundwater is so high, even if you drill pilings, and there were not going to be basements here because they couldn't have basements here. But if even if you drill pilings in, that is going to displace groundwater and groundwater is like under it's, it's like a it's like a water balloon and if you push on the middle it's going to go to the side and the side would be um skivoni's market the bridge closed condos uh the hardware store the five and dime um and i i they're going to have to figure out a way to you know to contain the the the, the impact there as well so i mean there, there's a lot of things there that I, I told Adam Potter that I would this would that he'd given me a story that I can work on till I retire. <laughs> Definitely. Sure. Well, that's the thing. Do you remember? I mean, I was at the Expressman Bolova came down the pike. I mean, there's a building that was already standing, right. you know, albeit it was a super fun site. So they had to figure all that mess out. But remember, there was a super fun site just to the north of this one, too. Remember, because of the gas ball was a super yes, ball that's site. Right. The gas ball, right. <laughs> But the fact that the Bolova plant, the Bolova factory was already standing and the number of years that it took to get that through all of the approvals. Um, you know, I just don't know, you know, does Adam Potter understand what he's looking at in terms of all of the hoops he's now gonna have to jump through to get this done? Because I noticed in your story, he said, oh, you know, once we, we can we could have this done in 18 months. It's like, well, maybe in your, not any 18 Approved. months from now, I'll Why? tell you that. But 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 part look but part of the village legislation on affordable housing was intended to kind Foster, of streamline yeah. 
the process a little bit and make it make it a little quicker by not having certain reviews, right? To, 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 I don't know. I'm moving think, it, moving I, I it away. Giant, I think a giant development in a place where there's no sewage treatment and you're in a very low lying flooded zone is a different animal than what they probably envisioned. But I don't know. Steve, what do you yeah. think? I agree with you. I, I mean, I just, I think I stated it, you know, I mean, I think it's going to, it's going to take a lot of work. Yeah. You know, I'm curious, Steve, about, about the timing. Um, you had mentioned that this news came out right around the moment that the village approved the affordable housing measures that they've been talking about for a while. Um, it, and you said it pretty much lines up with those measures, right? It's the, was this a case where they were sort of waiting to see what the rules were going to be before they put this forward? And, and it was sort of designed to, to match those or. Well, I look at, um, that seems like a reasonable conclusion looking at it from the outside. Well, and there, and there, another interesting angle to all this, and one that has to be explored going forward, is the the, the mayor. You know, he, he said as much as that that he was talking to people, asking you know if they you know not really um, pitching the idea, but asking people who might be interested in doing any kind of an affordable housing development, asking them, you know, to, to come forward if they were, if they were interested. And he said he spoke to Potter among others and Potter expressed interest because yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't believe that Potter, ha that, that he had any plans to build affordable housing a year and a half ago when he started to buy this property, because at the time, um, you recall they had purchased the friends friends of Bay Street had purchased um, the the Seven Eleven building and there were like a you know eight ten commercial you know, businesses that that are being displaced and he said he was Potter said publicly that he was going to try to find landing place spots for as many as he could so that was that was my original understanding was that this was a, a trying to buy property where a hair salon could rent space or where a, you know, where a convenience store could go or whatever, you know? And, um, but this is a, this is a way to do that and add. And now, and, 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 and then this, the affordable housing thing has become a big deal over, you know, the last year. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm not sure there's anything uh, nefarious about any of that either. I think. No, there's not. I, yeah. I don't think there's necessarily anything nefarious. Yeah. A developer, um, can look and say, you know, my my idea for this property might get a little more uh, momentum if now I include some affordable housing. Right. But I was intrigued too that, that that I think in your story and correct me if I'm wrong, you said uh, that that they said it would only bring 11 new students to right. the Sag Harbor School District. I wonder how they calculated that because yeah, I, that seems that seems low, but uh, you know. I also think that's always been one of the big stumbling blocks for any conversation about affordable housing. And I, you know, I just wonder 
I wonder if that's accurate. What was the breakdown again of, of the number of, of one bedrooms and 62 one bedroom, 17 two bedrooms? Yeah, so so I guess you figure with one bedroom apartments, you're not going to have kids because that's going to be a single person or a couple. Yeah, I guess that's right. Right. So if, if the majority are one bedroom, then then you know, then you're not seeing kids. Well, the question I have then is it's not really affordable housing for families. Yeah. Hey, look at Joe. I mean, it costs you fifteen hundred dollars to rent a room right now. So he's talking fifteen hundred dollars for yeah. a seven hundred foot one bedroom apartment. What would you take? And, and that's and that that's workforce, you know, housing. Maybe yeah. not family housing. It's fair. You know, it's fair. Yeah, I mean, I, I, right. it's like, and that's, a, it's like I said early on right. in the conversation. I, I, this is what, if we talk about doing affordable housing in a smart way. This is kind of what it looks like. It's it's about building uh, hybrid structures where you put housing above uh, retail units and and having it in the village. That's sort of the definition of what they always throw around the term smart growth. And the idea is you build in population centers and you put the put the uh, the housing units above retail and things like that. I mean, this is sort of it fits all of the, it ticks all those boxes, at least. I mean, I have to say, I mean, I'm not necessarily saying it's a great project, but I'm saying, yeah. I think every village is going to, every village in Hamlet is going to be facing this kind of thing soon is, you know, if we're really going to try and affect the affordable housing situation, we're going to have proposals like this. Local support comes from the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. In these trying times, working full-time for their clients and the public interest, providing strong advocacy and attentive counsel, be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com 27 Speaks, brought to you by Sag Harbor Books and Southampton Books. Independent bookstores located in the villages at 7 Main Street in Sag Harbor and 16 Hampton Road in Southampton. Carrying a wide selection of new books, stationery, toys, games, first editions, and rare books. Their entire inventory is browsable on the website, SouthamptonSagHarborBooks.com. Now hiring booksellers at both locations. Yeah, and, and again, yeah, and I'm and I'm not, I'm just a reporter. I'm not, I'm not gonna to judge this thing, um, but I, I, I do think that this is, as you said, Joe, this is the face of affordable housing. You can't have two or three units here, two or three units five miles away. You yeah. have to make a splash, and I. Um, you know, and so again, this this thing may go down in flames. I have no idea, but um, but I'm thinking that this is the kind of thing we're going to see more of. Um, you know, East Hampton has had a number of things over in the Amagansett area. You know, the there was the St. Michael's Senior Housing, and then the the housing. I can't remember the name of the. Well, to, to your point, Joe. I mean, it's not family housing, but but there's got to be a combination, right? So. So you you build you build those things like East Hampton is is building, but you also um, you also look at, at proposals like this. That I mean, how cool is it going to be for these people to have an affordable you know affordable apartment 
um, you know, right near the, right in the business district of Sag Harbor and be able to just be on main street and, you know, patronizing restaurants and, you know, well, some people have water views, Steve. I guess <laughs> would, you right? possibly could. Yeah. If you're high enough, right yeah, here on you'd the have third floor. Affordable housing with water views would be, I don't know why that would be such a terrible well, thing. It's in the not. You, just, waterfront you just have to make sure they stay affordable and don't turn into <clears throat> chic, uh, chic Sag Harbor housing at some point. Yeah, they haven't gotten to that point yeah. yet, right, Steve, about how they're going to do the, the The village, the law, you know, that, that they passed requires them to remain affordable. Um, in addition, how, does it, how Steve, how that's by that's how you get an approval for a you know for right. a three three story building with mixed use you know if the apartments are affordable. They're probably also going to get grants and things to help. I mean, like you know, how do you make money on it? So if you start taking public money um, to build these things, then that you know you kind of make your money back that way rather than charging eight thousand dollars a month for a penthouse. Yeah. Things like tax credits, and uh, I, I imagine there may be, you know, we, I didn't get into particulars with, with Adam when we spoke, but he said state financing. So financing to me, you know, means loans or credits or. And they're, they're, and they're dealing with, with HUD, right? Housing and Urban, urban Development. Well, they're, they're, using the, they're, they're using the HUD um, guidelines and. Oh, but it's not going to be HUD housing. Um, so this would go through. The, the village is creating its own housing authority, as it were, uh, you know, which is going uh -huh. to be, which will be run by um, Southampton and East Hampton towns. So I'm guessing this would I would fall on the Southampton town side of things, you know, um, and they would have to meet, you know, the village standards. The you know the the town would be willing is is have been both towns have said so they'd be willing to administer the program. And um, it's like any other housing thing, you know, like in East Hampton, yeah. you, if you, you know, you go to the East Hampton housing authority and you, you apply or the housing office and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I make this much money and they put you on the list and there's a lottery and there's a lottery and whatever. And that there have been some concerns raised. If it's like, if it's taking like state money, would that require then that the, that the lottery be broader based, you know, countywide, Long Island wide, or however, you know, but you can't put any limits on it. I don't have answers for all that. As I said, I'm going to be working on this when I'm in my 70s. You know. So next, next year. Hi, I'm Joe Shaw, executive editor of the Express News Group. You might recognize my voice because, frankly, it's everywhere. On the radio, television, podcasts, and at live events that we regularly hold. I wouldn't blame you for being a little sick of hearing my voice, but there's a reason for all that. In addition to keeping you informed by publishing the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, and the Sag Harbor Express, and the website 27East.com, we have another goal. We believe local issues are so important that they deserve to be discussed and debated, and we want to lead those conversations in every Every place that we can. In fact, it's a key part of our mission. It makes this a better community. You can help us. For just $5 a month for both print and digital, you can stay informed as you join the discussion, and you get the satisfaction of knowing that you are supporting the press and the Express and 27 East and all that we do. Go to 27east.com backslash subscribe and talk to you again soon. So, um, Steve, did you ever get any inklings of what 
Adam Potter had initially thought for that property when he bought it, other than he'd mentioned trying to help businesses displaced by the Friends of Bay Street purchase, so the business aspect of it. But did he ever sort of any show any of his hand as far as what maybe prior to this affordable housing um, idea that he was thinking of doing there? No, I mean, other than what I said earlier, is that, you know, that he, you know, remember he first proposed moving 7-Eleven to the, mm-hmm. to the Dodds and Eater building, which is now Colette Home Consignment Shop. And, uh, right. you know, and then he bought a house uh, and a salon, which was based in the same building as the 7-Eleven, moved into that space, you know? So right. um, I think it was kind of a, I mean, I think he he probably, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to speak for him, but I'm guessing that he probably saw an opportunity to, sure. you know, this building's going, uh, these, these these places need a place to go, these, these businesses need a place to land, and there's going to be a theater there, which is going to make this a much more attractive part of town, so, you know, I'm assuming that's what he did. Um, huh. How does all this connect up with the, with the Bay Street project, or does it? Is this a separate conversation completely or well i think the curveball here you know and i think we were all sitting around thinking okay so uh you've got uh, you know ross and company buying the 7-eleven building then you have another group i'm not sure who's involved in that buying the two main street building uh, then you've got all these other properties on the south side of uh of um, the south end of the, the post office area and um I, I certainly assumed it was all one big ball of wax. I mean, and that they were going to come in and say, here, we will give you, you know, 50 units of affordable housing, but you're going to give us parking and a you know space for a theater and we'll give you this place for the park. But this is now, it's totally decoupled, you know? So now you, the theater's out there, yeah. you know, totally, the theater's on its own, it looks, yeah. <laughs> and we don't know who um, who Adam Potter's partners might be in this affordable housing plan, do we? I, I've heard a couple names, but um, he told me he didn't have partners. He said, "I have." I, I said, "Who are your partners?" He said, "The bank." And he then he wanted to put in a plug for the bank. Um, <laughs> um, so ask him. Interesting. Yeah. So so what was the board's reaction to this when it was unveiled at the meeting? Well, no, it wasn't unveiled in the meeting. It was um, uh, Adam Potter shared it with me. But the the the, the funny thing, he was going to. He had told me that he, that they were going to uh, submit their plans on Wednesday morning, but they they um had they hadn't done that by Wednesday afternoon. And I don't know if they did it yesterday or this morning yet either, to be honest. But so it's kind of funny. But apparently, I saw the plans first. Huh. And um, you. Saw it first. So we don't know what their reaction yeah. is. So that's going to be uh, another meeting. Yeah, no, it's going no, to be another 20 meetings. Yeah, you know? well, 25, but yeah. I'm talking initial reaction. It'll be the next meeting. But it'll be interesting to see what's on the agenda next time around. Well, one person, one, one board member, and, I, and I'll you know protect everyone. One board per, member said that, you know, for, a, you know, for an opening gambit, you know, looks pretty good, you know? And he saw my, he saw the the, the renderings on 27 East. That's interesting. You know, I, I have a yeah. feeling we're going to hear a lot of hue and cry about, you know, changing the face of Sag Harbor and everything, but 
um, you know, it'll be, it'll be an interesting conversation. Cause I, cause again, I feel like, uh, you know, if, if these are going to have to be projects, we at least consider to, to try and address the affordable housing. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I'm not saying that it shouldn't be given, you know, a thorough several year review, but of course, if the, if the community comes out and says we need affordable housing and the Sag Harbor village board says, all right, we're going to, we're going to come up with legislation to give you affordable housing. And, and then, you know, Potter comes in and says, here's my plan for affordable housing. Then that's all in sync. I mean, you can, you can complain about it, but it's, it's, uh, you know, like Steve said, though, nobody wants it in their backyard, but, but, but here it is, you know, you ask for affordable housing, here's a plan for affordable housing. And, and, you know, full disclosure, uh, we have a couple of editorial board members here, but I haven't even had a conversation about this with our publishers or anybody else who's on the editorial board. They may absolutely hate this. I'm not sure how we would come down on this if, if we ever have an opinion about it. And I'm not sure I'm sold on the project itself. I'm just saying the scope and this kind of thing, this is what it well, looks well, like. Well, well, it's early and, and we have a very broad picture of, of what he's looking at and what he's talking about. And Steve, you know, brought up a lot of issues that need to be looked at, the sewage treatment and, um, you know, and, and water quality and water issues and, you know, and all that, that has to be addressed. But hey, it's 80 units of affordable housing. Here you go. I did hear from someone who asked me about to, to explain to them where where the parking was going to be. And I said, yeah. Yeah. maybe on the roof. <laughs> I don't know. Rooftop parking. I like I'm it. just a reporter. Well, maybe <laughs> underneath. No, it's water table. But. It's been a while since we've gone through one of these kinds of projects. Does it, I mean, I'm trying to remember like the order of the boards. Does it go to like planning board first, then zoning board, and then AR? Oh, oh. This is my favorite part of the podcast, the secret discussion. <laughs> um, I am going to guess. Who, who, who do you think will be the lead agency, Steve? That's a good question, Bill. Um, and, what's, but, and actually, what makes that interesting is that um, I would think the planning board would be, but, but by the same token, the village board now gets to weigh in as a review board. Right. And right. So is it possible that they would take the lead agency? They can't approve it without all the other boards approving it too. But I just wondered that they, you know, they might want to take the lead on That's it. That's interesting. Because it's going to be, you know, um, and I don't really know quite honestly how, you know, how that's determined if it's, you know, if it's a matter of pulling rank or whatever, but typically it's, I mean, you know, you, you, to begin with this thing, they have to merge some lots, you know? So I think that because it's gotta be, they have to merge lots and then they have to have a site plan. I would think that it would be the, the, the planning board. And then the ZBA, you know, mm. the, the planning board would start it, give it to the ZBA and the ZBA would say, okay, here, I will give you a variance. And then after everything is said and done, it would go to the, um, onto the ARB. And I, I'm not sure that the, actually the Harbor committee might get to weigh in, weigh in as well, because, it is part of the that piece of property is now included in the the waterfront district, and part of the waterfront district, you know, is you know that it's water kind of you know, it's waterfront, uh, which means that it that the that the that the that the 
my favorite term, the uh, local waterfront revitalization plan becomes, uh, you know, brought into it, you know, so maybe, you know, they may have to go to the Harbor Committee too. This is Catherine Manu, and I'm the editor of the SAG Harbor Express and co-publisher with my husband, Gavin, of the Express News Group. Local community news matters more than ever, with misinformation spreading constantly across the internet. We live in the communities we cover. We are your neighbors, your friends, your family. We tell the good stories and, unfortunately, the bad. We focus on your triumphs and losses. But we can't do this without our subscribers. To subscribe, please visit 27east.com slash subscribe. And thank you for your support. Going to be a long, long conversation, I have a feeling, but kicked it off this week. I think the village maybe needs to hire a like planner now, right? <laughs> Who can sort of oversee it all. You know, that, that's an interesting question, you know, I mean... Uh, because Sag Harbor has never had a, you know, a on-staff planner. They for many years it was Rich Warren from Inner Science. Now it's um, Nelson Pope Voorhees. Um, and yeah, it does. It does. You know, makes you wonder. You know. So we got. So watch this space. It sounds like we have to keep our eyes open on this one. Certainly, more will be revealed. I think. Yeah. Nothing like this coming down the pike in the Southampton Village or East Hampton, is there? Well, I, I mean, I will say that the big conversation that they need to have in Southampton Village and probably needs to start happening soon is what happens with the old hospital uh, mm -hmm. when they move to the college campus, because that's going to create an enormous space that you could pretty much do anything you want with. And I know that the hospital has spoken in the past about doing uh, senior housing, but I would think that if I'm the village, uh, the location is really terrific for affordable housing or workforce housing or anything of that type. Too. Built, built in sewage treatment plant there too, which is, which is really important yeah. for that property. But I think that's one of those things where you'll have the hospital as a partner to some degree, but you'd better start having those conversations now, because if you wait, uh, the hospital probably can just make up its mind by itself. And, and I think mm -hmm. I, I would assume those conversations are taking place, but I hope they are. It strikes me as, as being a really nice location for a minimal, minimum security prison. Oh. <laughs> Another way to go. <laughs> well, and it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if anything happens in West Hampton Beach, once they get their sewer project completed, um, you know, by, by the end of the year, um, they've been working on, on that multi-million dollar project for, for a couple of years now. And, and that certainly will give them a lot more options in the um, downtown business district. They've talked about adding more um, second floor apartments to some of the businesses there. I would, um, I would think that, that some of those could be affordable. Although it's a pretty pretty chic area to live in, you know, and, and just sort of going back to this notion of the size of this thing, and and you know whether or not this is the right place for it, I really do believe that this is the kind of thing that needs to be done in like every hamlet and village, um, Bridgehampton. I mean, there was yeah. an effort of you know a couple of years ago that got shot down back behind the Carvel, um, but really Bridgehampton, it probably should be, you know 
closer to the center of town. Amagansett has got some stuff, but you know, Montauk needs some more. I mean, et cetera, et cetera. So time will tell. There you go. So stay tuned. Twenty Seven Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week to hear what's news on the East End. Our interlude flute music is by Allison O'Reilly. Our opening and closing theme music is Boysdale Blues, written and performed by the incomparable Judy Carmichael. Listen to Judy's weekly show, Jazz Inspired, airing on an NPR station near you, or go to jazzinspired.com. 27 Speaks is a weekly podcast produced by the Express News Group, which includes the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, the Sag Harbor Express, 27East.com, and sagharborexpress.com. Find us on the websites or subscribe through Apple Podcasts.